So, my dear brothers and sisters, today the church celebrates the Feast of Corpus Christi, which is the Feast of the Body and Blood of Jesus, right? The Feast of the Eucharist. And the Catechism, uh, just when speaking of the Eucharist, it calls it a sacrament of love. So today, I just want to briefly break open the love contained within this sacrament, then offer two ways we can receive, right, the love contained in the Eucharist. And then we'll finish with some reminders of how we receive communion here at St. Pat's. Give my breath here. So first, the Eucharist has a sacrament of love. So the Catechism says the following. In order to leave them, the twelve apostles, a pledge of this love, in order never to depart from his own and to make them sharers in his Passover, he instituted the Eucharist as the memorial of his death and resurrection and commanded his apostles to celebrate it until his return. So in that passage of the Catechism, what do we hear? I think I just want to highlight two things. One, Jesus pledges his love, this love that he's shown to the world, to his apostles, right? Uh, this love through the Eucharist. The Eucharist is a pledge of his love. But also, through the Eucharist, Jesus fulfills his promise of never departing from us, right? He says here again, he says, in order never to depart from his own, the Eucharist is a sign of God's faithful, a visible living sign of his faithful steadfast love to his church that he will never abandon us that he never leaves us also the eucharist it's a memorial of jesus's passion and resurrection so in the eucharist we see not just any love we see divine love a love that was shown when jesus laid down his life for us on the cross that is the love that we are reminded of in the eucharist that is the love contained within it and so whenever you look upon this, uh, this wonderful sacrament, we see the love of God itself because we see God himself who is love. And he makes this love so accessible to all of us, right, in this sacrament here at Mass. We will receive him. And so how are ways in which we can receive in a greater measure the love that's contained within the Eucharist? I just want to provide two ways. One, of abiding in the Eucharist, and two, through a cultivating an inner disposition of faith. So abiding in the Eucharist. Now for us, the word abide can be a little confusing what it means, but abide means to remain, right? To stay in communion, right? So when we abide in the Lord Jesus, we live in relationship with him, right? Through scriptures, through the prayer, but we also can be abiding him in the Eucharist. One of the ways we can stay in communion with him there is in adoration, Every Friday here at the parish, we offer adoration from uh, Friday morning after the daily mass to uh, Saturday morning the next day. And so there is a wonderful time where remaining in his Eucharistic presence, we can pour out our hearts to the Lord Jesus. We can uh, remain and sit and receive his love, receive his heart for us in the Eucharist. And it doesn't have to be adoration on Fridays, right? The church is open during the day, Monday through Friday. Right? And so you can uh, pay a visit to him in the main church or in the chapel. Now, there's another way we could abide in the Eucharistic presence, and that is by frequent communion. So at the parish, right, we come to Mass every Sunday, but also throughout the week we offer daily Mass. And we have many parishioners who come to the Mass, and it's meant to be a shorter Mass than Sunday. Roughly about 35 to 40 minutes. We have uh, sometimes a little longer because we have a lot of people coming for communion. It's a beautiful thing. But there we have an opportunity to receive Jesus daily. 
And this is important because in the gospel, right, the Lord Jesus says, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. So we abide more deeply in the Lord Jesus um, and with frequent reception of communion. The more we increase that reception, the greater the abiding in his love. In fact, the word that Jesus uses for the word remain, he uses it when he teaches about abiding and remaining in his love. So in that way, the frequent communion, we abide more deeply in him. Now, just a quick point of clarification, right? That frequent communion, I'm not saying multiple times in one day, right? The church actually has a discipline of encouraging us not to receive more than twice a day. That's because he wants to prevent us from thinking that we don't receive all of Jesus when we receive him once, right? When we receive him communion, we receive all of him, right? And so by frequent, we mean multiple times in a week, right? By days. And so we have that opportunity to receive him daily. Now there's another way to receive more love from the Eucharistic Lord, and that's from cultivating an inner disposition of faith. As with all the sacraments, uh, our inner disposition affects the fruitfulness of the graces that we receive. Uh, to use an analogy that I think I've used before, so I could come up with new, new analogies, but I think this one works. Um, is that, let's imagine you had a bucket of water, right? You always are going to have that bucket of water, and whenever you pour it on the ground, right, the ground will receive it. And so you can imagine that it's guaranteed that water is going to fall when you pour the water, but how the ground, the soil absorbs the water and the fruits, right, the growth that comes from it will vary depending on the receptivity of the soil. So much the same way with the sacraments, right? When the sacrament is performed, grace is guaranteed, water is being poured, and it's always going to happen whenever the sacrament is done. But how well the person received the graces and the fruit that comes from the sacraments will depend on their inner disposition. So let's give it a couple examples of um, a disposition where um, it'll be have fruit, an example where there's a, not a lot of fruit. So we'll actually begin with a couple here where um, the disposition will not leave effective or fruitful reception of communion. And this is, all right, this is gonna happen to all of us. We can imagine, right, we go to Sunday, a mass every Sunday, and we begin to, it becomes routine. We go through the motions and we receive communion, we're just going through the motions. Or maybe, right, we're thinking about a family event or vacation, road trip, that's gonna happen right after mass. So our mind is thinking about that. Maybe on the way here we had an argument or something, um, and so we're just thinking about that. And so as you go through communion, go through mass, we're not really present. We're aware, and again, it's just going through the motions. In such a way, it's very unlikely that as the person receives communion, that they'll receive much fruit from it, for their inner disposition is not so receptive. However, one can cultivate a receptive disposition, even if they're distracted, even if all that has happened. And a very simple way of doing that is by praying before and after you receive communion. So perhaps the person's in the pew, they get up, they say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for the gift of the Eucharist. Maybe they make a declaration of faith. I believe that you are fully present in this sacrament. Maybe they make a prayer. God, I just ask that you prepare my heart to receive you. Anything that doesn't belong there, anything that would make your, your stay in my heart un, uh, unpleasant, 
Just ask that you wash it away. Right? And then you receive communion. Maybe after communion, you go back to your pew. You can praise the Lord for receiving him and join in song. Maybe you can continue to pray and say, Jesus, thank you. Now I ask that you give me the grace to always be aware of your love in me right now, of your presence. God, I give you my heart. God, remain more rooted in my heart. So it could be however you want to word it, but praying before and after communion can help, right, cultivate that receptive disposition, disposition of faith. And that way we could receive more fruit from the sacrament, meaning we could experience more peace in our life, more love, more strength to face temptations. So in those two ways, we can um, receive more abiding in the Eucharist and uh, cultivating that inner disposition. Now, I'm going to turn to, because it's Corpus Christi, right, to practical, go, I'm going to get really practical here, just to review some ways in which we receive, how we receive communion here at St. Patrick's. Some of you may remember a couple months before, uh, probably earlier in the year, we did a preaching series on the Mass. And one of the homilies, I believe it was Father Matthias, um, he preached on how to receive Holy Communion. So I'm just going to give a brief, uh, couple of brief reminders of, of some points that Father Matthias gave. It won't be all of them. So I encourage you to look at the homily series. But simply put, first, we have a slight change when we're receiving communion. So during COVID, we asked that if you wanted to receive on the tongue, to kneel. Uh, but now the change is you don't have to kneel in order to receive on the tongue. You didn't have to before. It was encouraged, though. But now you can remain standing and kneel and receive on the tongue. Also, not a change, but a reminder that if you can't receive, if you're going to receive on the hand, if you can't receive with both hands, um, to receive on the tongue. Um, just simply because receiving with one hand, there's a lot of risk of the, of the host falling on the ground. It's not as secure, right? And so to receive, if you can't receive with two hands, receive on the tongue. A bit more about receiving on the hand. So when the person is in front of you and you're in line in communion, an invitation is to make a bow uh, out of reverence to the Lord Jesus. Another way you can prepare your heart to receive him. And then when you do so, you come forward and you receive on the hand, invites you to have your hand out and ready. Make sure your hands are clean. And to have two hands, and the hand on the bottom, right, will be the one that you lift up and receive uh, the host. Also, when you have your hands out, uh, be sure to make sure that there's uh, not a basket, right, formed. It can be a little hard to place the Lord in there. And also make sure the hands aren't tilted. Because I think most often than not, when the Lord Jesus falls, it's because the hands aren't, aren't flat, right? But they're tilted one way or the other. Also, um, when the minister says the body of Christ, you say, uh, it's a response is to say amen. And then you receive the host. And it's only after you receive the host that you can make the sign of the cross and you go back to your pew. Now, a couple of things on receiving on the tongue. Uh, when you receive on the tongue, you approach, it's okay, to, you don't have to rush uh, approaching the, the kneeler, right? You can approach with uh, calm and gentleness. And you're invited to tilt your head back, stick out your tongue in a calm and gentle way. So I think sometimes when we don't do so, we get a pointy tongue, right? We stick our tongue all the way. And it can move around, so it can be hard to place the host. And it's actually difficult, more difficult, for the host to stick on the tongue when it's kind of pointy. Uh, so, again, so you don't, it's uh, okay, you don't have to stick it all the way. Just calmly and gently uh, just stick out the tongue. Also, we ask that you don't lunge uh, when you're receiving on the tongue. Lunge towards the Blessed Sacrament. Um, very often we can get licked or uh, don't want to get bitten. 
And then also because it's Corpus Christi, right, we're going to be receiving from the precious blood, the precious chalice. So just a quick reminder about receiving that way. So it's going to be the same way when you approach the chalice, you can make a bow. The minister says the blood of Christ and you receive it. Important here, when you receive the chalice, you can do so gently and calmly. Make sure you grab it with, make sure you receive it with two hands. And you don't have to go out and reach for the chalice. Just receive it with two hands. And important is that when you hand the chalice back to the minister, to make sure that they have it secure in their hands before you walk away. Because I know when I, before often when, when I would uh, distribute precious blood, uh, sometimes it would be that people would give the, the chalice right away at the same time as they're walking away. So there's kind of like this motion. And there's a big risk that they let go before the minister holds on to it. So all of these ways could prevent any accidents and spills uh, from happening. So those are just a couple of brief uh, review, um, points of review. Again, you're invited to look at the homily. But in these ways, you can receive right, this wonderful love uh, coming from this beautiful sacrament, a sacrament of love.